Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for taking the time to tune into the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. I have an awesome lineup for you this week. We've got Kelby Ray, the lap steel player of the rockin' country band, The Cadillac 3. Got a brand new album coming out, got a brand new merch line and a new tour they'll be discussing with us. Got the stand-up comedian Henry Cho, Tennessee's very own, and we're very proud of him. He had a stint at Zany's Nashville, December 5th through 7th. Talks to us about stories on the road, uh, people that perform with him, and a possible TV pilot that's on the way. That's all next, right now on the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and away we go. First up on this week's Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast, a dear friend of mine, Mr. Kelby Ray, who plays lap steel in the rockin' country trio, The Cadillac 3. The brand new album, Country Fuzz, comes out February 7th. They've got that along with a new merchandise line you can check out on their website. They're embarking on a world tour with a stop at the Ryman March 27th. That's coming up next. Enjoy. Hey, let me tell you, um, I took the time to listen to this album. I mean, obviously, uh, they sent it to me. Uh, dude, there's like there's some top contenders on here as far as like some serious uh, radio play. I, I think you guys, this one's going to be your pinnacle. I really do. Yeah, that's a, hopefully a fourth time's a charm, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's songs, of course, on every one of them, you know, like Legacy and and, and you know White Lightning. I mean, they they're they're brilliant songs, but like like this song, uh, Label. Uh, I just think I was like, man, this is just the tune. Uh, and then, of course, the one we hear on the ESPN, that one's really groovy. Um, yeah. And then I, I saw, dude, I saw you wrote some of the songs on here yourself. I, I remember last time you said you don't do a lot of songwriting. So so what was the change between the last album to this one as far as you? Like, uh, man, I, it just kind of uh, it just kind of worked out. I and mean, all, all the three that I've got writing credit on all kind of happened different. Um, so <laughs> and smoke, Whiskey and Smoke, it kind of started as a jam at Soundcheck. Uh, one day, we should start jamming on that riff. And then uh, Jaron went and like wrote the lyrics to it, and it was done in like an hour. Um, but since we kind of started it together, I kind of got writing credit on that one. And uh, the Cracking Cold Ones with the Boys, we all kind of came up with that together. So that was kind of a group effort. So it's like a, everybody got writing credit on that song. <laughs> so yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and then, that's awesome. Uh, and then the other one, uh, um, uh, Heat, um, man, I was like just – in the back of the bus that day, we were writing it with Jimmy Robbins. He was on the road, and I was kind of trying to help flesh out that idea. And I remember I kind of went to the bathroom. By the time I came back, it was pretty much done. So I just kind of, <laughs> 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 kind of uh, you know, get in where you get in where you fit in. Really, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Awesome tunes all the way around. Uh, so far, what's what's your favorite song on the album? Which one do you like the best? Um, you know, I, I like the I like labels. Um, I think yeah. that's a I like that. I like that groove. I think that, you know, that's one that Neil wrote and, you know, he's always got some cool twists on lyrics and um, I, I really, you know, I think it's kind of, it says a lot, you know, in that song and um, yeah. kind of something a little bit unexpected, but it's got kind of our groove, you know, and it's, uh, I just, uh, I kind of like the feel of that, but I mean, you know, I kind of, I honestly, we, we cut about 20 songs for this record, ended up with these 16 and we cut out the ones that were my least favorite. So I really, I liked all of them. <laughs> right on, so everyone I'm going to be tired of. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I listened to them, and then when that labels came out, I was like, man, because 
it's deep and it's not just going to, uh, you know, just appeal to, to your, your, you know, your cult following right now. That's got a little bit of stuff in it for everybody. Cause I mean, it's very true. I mean, it's a deep song, which is, I mean, you guys are known for, you know, tugging at the heartstrings, but just everything it says is just spot on. And I think it's really going to resonate once, uh, you know, the right ears, uh, get in tune with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something for everybody on there. You know, the album's a little bit of kind of like old school us and, you know, some of it's a little funky and, you know, it's got a little bit of, got a little bit of everything. So, you know, it's just more of us kind of just trying to do our thing and, you know, on, on to the next phase of us, you know, kind of, yeah. we're just, we're excited to put out some new music, you know, it's been too, it's been too long. Yeah. And then, and, and some of the songs, I mean, they, they got a little bit, a little more rock to them. Like, uh, I, I kind of dig that, like, uh, not just, you know, the, the country, country, uh, melodies, but like some, you know, like some deeper kick drum and thing like that. I thought that was pretty groovy. Mm-hmm. Like, was that intentional or did I just guys just get together? It's like, oh, this just is what it is. <laughs> Uh, man, we kind of, you know, we kind of did some of the songs. We kind of pieced it together over over a couple of years, you know, going into the studio off and on. And, you know, I think some songs just got recorded kind of batches at a time. And it, when it came time to kind of put it all together, we kind of just uh, did what we could with, the, you know, the ones that we, the stuff that we had. And honestly, we spent more time working on sequencing this record than we than we probably have in the past. And I think we were, you know, it really, it really shows. I think it flows really well, and you know, I think I, I, I think the way they were written, it just kind of, you know, like with like the way all, all of our songs get written, it just kind of, uh, you never know what's going to happen, really. Yeah. So it just, uh, and as far as recording them, I think we just always getting a little bit better in the studio and come up with cooler sounds and tones and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it just came out sounding really cool. Yep, it, it did, and and like and another thing to the credit, all you guys produced it yourself. Do you enjoy that better versus having somebody at the controls kind of telling you which way to go? I mean, it's just easier. We just kind of know how to do it ourselves. You know, the the only one we did with uh, the producer was that was the cracking cold or yeah, cracking colds with the boys because uh, we kind of worked at it radio a little bit, and we did it with yeah. Dan Huff. But um, you know, it's just it, it, we go in a when we go and record, we kind of just try to knock it out. It, you know, we kind of know what we want to do. Like, not to say we wouldn't work work with another producer. It's just kind of mm-hmm. the, it's harder to set everything up. You know, it's cheaper that way. You don't have to go spend a whole bunch of money on some big name producer. You know, where yeah. we can kind of do it ourselves, and we we know how we want it to sound. So it's just, uh, it's more of a convenience thing, really. And we kind of just have done it long enough. We know how to do it, so it's just, uh, it's easier and quicker and cheaper to just go and do it ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, like you said, I mean, took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, you guys, you guys have been at it forever now, uh, you know, uh, so you, you pretty much know what you're doing. You got the uh, well traveled uh, logo now, and then, uh, you know, of course, Country Fuzz, the name I thought was groovy, and then uh, uh, you guys described it. That's what you guys call your your, your the way you guys sound. Is that right? Is like if that's the the band phrase, not just the album title, Country Fuzz. Yeah, I mean, it kind of ties into you know everything that we've, you know, done up to this point, we kind of sound like a little bit of, you know, it's a little country and it's a little metal and it's a little, you know, um, funky and, you know, swampy and all these things. And we just kind of got tired of trying to explain to people what we sounded like. So we're just making up our own thing. And then we, uh, and then over the summer we launched a uh, country fuzz clothing line. So we just kind of figured we'd run, you know, go, go all in on, on country fuzz and be like this is our our vibe our sound our look and and everything um yeah so yeah we just kind of uh 
<clears throat> thought we, you know, it seemed it, it seemed like it, it for the for the moment it just seemed like the most natural thing. Kind of like when we put Legacy out, it's like that song kind of tied that album together, and it was kind of a it was a moment in time, you know. And like this moment in time is, you know, we're just we're jumping all in on the country fuzz train. Yeah, I hear. You. Hey, hey, you know, you got got to do what works. But yeah, I, I dug yeah, that. And yeah. then um, February seventh is that that's the release. Yeah, February seventh. Uh huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we were trying to get we were trying to get it out a little bit sooner than that, but it just uh, you know, just with the powers that be, they you know they kind of want as much time as they can to set up stuff and you know put stuff together the right way. And we were wanting to get it out this fall, but it's like it's kind of hard when we finally put it put something together, like to try to work with you know uh, your record label and the management and getting everybody on the same team to try to like promote something the right way they they want more time so they were like you know we could do a lot more with this if we push it to like february versus putting it out in like november so we were like i mean that works for us i mean we got everybody's taking a little bit of a break over the over the holidays anyway so it's like before we know it we jump back on, on the road january 23rd and you know two weeks later the record's coming out so it's like we're yeah. right back at it yeah but, you'll be uh, you'll be full on by then yeah um I saw, you know, all the stops and of course coming back home to the mother church, uh, what, uh, the 27th of, uh, February, is that right? Or mm-hmm. is it March? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, March. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 27th of March. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, you know, you guys, you know, you got a good hometown following. We're all proud of you. I've been proud of you since the get, um, can you describe like you guys playing a hometown show versus like playing somewhere in Iowa or something like that? I mean, is it a different vibe when you come, when you finally come back home and perform for folks? It's more stressful. <laughs> I mean, just because you got all, you know, the rhyming is, you know, it'll be the second time we've done it. It'll be really cool, but you know, they're definitely there's there's definitely more going on. It's like you got all your friends and family and everybody you work with there, and it's just a lot of, you know, just a lot of stuff going on leading up to walking on stage. But it's like once we get out there, it's it's even cooler because you got everybody in the same room and you know, everybody's there to you know to be a part of it and it's it's really cool and it's like once we get going i remember the rhyming show we were like nervous before we started and then like once you get out there like everything everything's cool but i mean it's definitely you know a lot of times when you're playing in somewhere like iowa or somewhere random it's like it's it's different when you you know you're um i don't know i don't i, don't, I guess like better word word like you're not trying to impress anybody, but it's like playing a hometown show. It's like, you know, you got all your family there and you want to, you know, you want to nail it. And I, I, I'm hoping it this rhyming show goes as good as the last one. Cause we were all on a, on a high and everything went perfect and, and knock on wood, uh, everything will, <laughs> everything will go smooth. But I mean, Nashville shows are, Nashville shows are a little, uh, a little more stressful, but it, they're, they're even more rewarding cause you got everybody there. Yeah, because everybody, you know, everybody, it's got to be kind of overwhelming because everybody's so proud of you and they, everybody's pulling you in a different direction, wanting a piece of your yeah. time and everything. But yeah, yeah you got like, like, you got friends here, family here, and you want to say hey to everybody. And it's like you got like five seconds to talk to everybody. And, you know, but like I said, it's like all oh, that's one thing. But when you get on stage and everybody's in the same room, it's like we're all, everybody's, the energy is, is incredible. So, you know, we're. Yeah. We're definitely we're definitely excited about it. That's one reason we don't do Nashville shows, but every couple of years now, because they just turns it just turns into a, a big old production. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just got it. Yeah. Well, plus you appreciate it more if you only do it every so often versus you know getting accustomed to it. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, in the early days, we were trying to play everywhere all the time, trying to get our name out there, and now it's like, okay, well now we got to pick and choose. You know. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Yeah, you guys have definitely hustled. You don't have to introduce yourself no more. That's what it's all about. 
Um, yeah. The next question. Uh, now I heard the song playing on on uh, you know the the during football uh, college football. Can you tell me how that came to be? Because when I heard, it, I was like, "Is that you guys?" And then of course I put the Shazam thing on. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, you guys have found your way to uh, football. What, I mean, how did that come to be? What was that all about? Man, that actually came from uh, uh, Allison Jones, the one of the head people over at our record label. Um, we were playing, we were playing them the uh, the songs um, when we when we finished the record over the over the summer, I guess is when it was. And uh, man, as soon as she heard that song, she was like, or we listened to a few of the songs. She was like, man, uh, one of these could be great for um, uh, ESPN. She had she knew somebody at ESPN. And yeah. um, and was like, hey, they're looking for. Something. It was just timing. It was just good timing. And she was. It was right before the season. It was literally like two weeks before the season started. So it must have been like August. And she was like, man, I think some of this would be great for ESPN. Like as soon as she heard Saturday night, she was like, man, this could be a cool football thing. And reached out, and they turned around and was like, yeah, man, this would be this would be perfect. So it literally was kind of a kind of a lucked out. You know, we kind of lucked out on that situation. But you know, it was funny. Some people thought we recorded that song just specifically for ESPN or something and we were and it's really <laughs> yeah. short. So a lot of people were like it's like barely two minutes long. A lot of people were like, Man, what the hell you know, they're kinda of phoning it in on this one and we were like, Well, no, we just actually it's just a short song and then we just got lucked out. But <laughs> Yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah, it's 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 a good time. Like I really I was I was uh, I thought I was like, Oh man, that's just perfect for it. But yeah, it, it, it coincides with it so good it almost sounds like it's written for that, but I totally uh, get what you're saying uh another question i wanted to ask you because i've always wondered can you still go shopping without getting stopped or do people recognize you are, are you that famous yet uh <clears throat> usually i'm fine uh <laughs> <laughs> it depends on it depends on when i go where like if i'm if i try to go down on broadway on a weekend i'm sure that uh you know uh somebody might recognize me but um you know so as far as just um as far as just going to the store it's all yeah. good <laughs> that's good that's awesome because like i said there's got to be a there's got to be a happy medium because i mean you just look at some folks like that you're like man you know they just want to you know eat it you know eat it out back steakhouse and don't want anybody to bother them or something <laughs> yeah no, you yeah know, we're um if we went to the outback here and we were all together maybe but you know it's funny sometimes you know we'll be in certain places and might might get recognized you know somewhere random but most of the time it ain't a big deal which is fine which is fine with me I understand. I'm with you. Really proud to have on the podcast Tennessee's very own Henry Cho, who's part of Zany's Clean Comedy Series. He was at Zany's Nashville December 5th through 7th. He was kind enough to speak with myself alongside comedian Brandon Skelton. He talked about touring, some advice for uh, road-tested comedians. He even talked about a TV pilot he's got in the works. Uh, so that's all coming up next. Henry Cho, thank you so much for talking with us here on the Uncharted Podcast. Uh, Brandon's here with me. Good to be here with you, sir. Great um, to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, just uh, know you're doing a lot of cool stuff here locally in Nashville. Um, the first thing we want to discuss with you is the, the TV tapings that are kind of like bringing Nashville to the main stage, the new TV uh, show, uh, the new TV channel. That If you could talk about that a little bit with us. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I did the first uh, – First of the series, stand-up series, Nashville Live, and uh, uh, there were four other comedians on each show, and the Circle Network is, uh, I don't know if it's a network or if it's just called The Circle. I don't know how. It's yeah. one of those. Okay. But uh, 
Yeah, everybody involved, you know, that's uh, Gaylord Entertainment, which is the Opry, which is the uh, giant gorilla in town. So yeah. uh, very fortunate, whatever the Opry says, I do. Matter of fact, I'm doing two shows at the Ryman tonight for the Opry. So at, nice. at the Opry. Yeah. That's good. Have, have they asked you to become a member yet to the Opry? Uh, no, but you know what? Um, it, it, if someone would told, if someone would have told me, you know, however many years ago, you know, that there was even a 1% chance I could be a member of the Grand Ole Opry, I'd have told them they're nuts. <laughs> so at least I got a 1% chance now. Yeah, I, I think they're going to do it. They need to go ahead and uh, pull the trigger. We're going to have so, to find somebody there that, that has a little bit of pull and, and see what they say. Well, you know, uh, um, they've been so great, and they've uh, uh, I've felt so welcome every time since the, the beginning. I mean, you know, Bill Anderson and uh, John Conley, I mean, they're they're like, man, we got to get you to be a member, stuff like that. I mean, it's just always so nice to hear uh, the support from those uh those pioneers and just uh you know the guys that have been members since the 60s it's uh it's just such a treat to uh share the stage with them and then always hack then all the newcomers and you know being on stage with Carrie Underwood and you know Brad Paisley and Darius Rucker and all those guys and you know my pal Vince Gills uh been there he's there all the time it's a it's a neat neat thing uh being able to uh be asked to perform Every time, you know, I just kind of go, "Really? You want me to get? Okay, <laughs> that's awesome." And I, I remember you were um, you were talking uh, when we exchanged a couple of emails. Got some TV pilots and things in the works. What's going on with that? Well, uh, I'm in the middle of writing the script right now. Matter of fact, my writing partner uh, lives in LA. He's flying in Friday, and he's a former stand-up comedian. So, just so happens, he's actually going to do sh- shows that with me because I'm at Zany's this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, heck yeah. So he's going to come out uh, with me and be on stage before me. He's going to uh, go on before me Friday and Saturday. So it's going to be – he's such a great stand-up, so I talked him into doing it. Yeah. But he hasn't, he hasn't done it in forever, and it's not like riding a bike. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's like learning how to walk again. So oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's – yeah, with no rehab. That's the greatest thing. <laughs> so yeah. – I told all my friends, if you're gonna come, you gotta come. Don't. Not that Thursday's not gonna be great, but Friday and Saturday you get to see. There's a potential for a train wreck with oh, Jeff. Okay, gotcha. so, yeah, because yeah, it's like I guess all of his would be all new bits, all new material. I'm sorry. Well, for his for his performance, it would be like basically all new material, all new bits, like trying them out for the first time. Yeah, he can't remember his act. I mean, I had to remind him half, <laughs> half of his jokes because he's been a writer for you know two decades you know I, i'll never get uh uh chris rock was doing a thing at universal and seinfeld said man i remember when i used to be able to do that and and i remember thinking to myself well jerry you can still do that but then i thought oh you know what i bet you can't because <laughs> you haven't done it in a decade i mean yeah it's just it it's not that easy and uh so it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, Zany's uh this week it's a good hometown week. But uh so my writing partner, uh he's coming out. Uh we are uh, I think we're I mean, you know, we're we're less than three weeks away to turning this script in and first draft and if all goes well, uh we'll we will uh 
be doing this thing early first quarter next year. And then, uh, so I'm excited. I finally got a project where I get to uh, write what I want and uh, I don't have anybody giving me any notes per se. Yeah. And uh, it's been really refreshing. Uh, Jim and I, our last deal was a decade ago. We were at CBS. I sold a show to CBS 07 through 09. And um, uh, Craig Ferguson was my executive producer and Jim was my co-writer. Wow. Uh, you know, in that decade, he's he's done tons. Uh, you know, he was big writer for George Lopez. He's actually coming in town this week also. And um, uh, Chris Titus. And, uh, you know, Jim's written on all these Disney shows. So he's he's got a... He's got a really good arsenal in his background, so we're excited. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, we you know I have too. to call you back when uh, when I can talk more specific about it and who's going to be involved and the actors and actresses who have agreed to do it with me. I just uh, right now it's kind of uh, I can't say anything right now. I understand. It's still cool just to think about because I mean I like to see you back on on the TV. You know, uh, we're, we're proud that you you claim Tennessee, and it's always good to see a good old hometown boy doing good. You know. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I kind of pulled out of the game for – well, not kind of. I pulled out of the game for uh, about a decade because I just – when my last deal ended in '09, my kids were at an age where had I done it then for five years, I still could have gotten away with it. But then yeah. once once my oldest kid started, uh, you know, middle school, I, di- I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to uproot my family. and I didn't move here to move back. I would have never left L.A. if my number one goal was to do a TV series. Um, So I moved here for other reasons, and uh, that's just kind of how I've always tried to lead my life, you know, faith, family, fame, and uh, we we go in that order, and so far so good. I got no complaints, and and now all of a sudden dropped in my lap. uh, I I got something really neat going on, and uh, my kids are older. I'm more mobile. I was I wasn't going to go to address TV again for two more years or a year and a half, probably a half a year now because my oldest, my middle kid is a junior in high school. So yeah, uh, I would I would start the end of next year. My daughter's really mobile. She can, she loves uh, acting and singing and dancing anyway. So uh, she's more mobile. So if I had to go back to L.A., I could do it in a year and a half. But uh, the beauty about this project, I don't have to go to L.A. Uh, I'm going to shoot it way much closer to home. So. Nice. That's awesome. Well, uh, you know, speaking of faith and family and everything, uh, Brandon here, he does stand-up. And he was telling me before I got on the phone with you, one of his friends is actually performing with you. So I'm going to let him take it over here for a minute. Hey, Henry. Uh, yeah, I've got my good buddy Lee. He's excited about getting to be with you at Zanies this week. Lee Harden? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Lee Harden's a lot like Kevin Bacon. We're all within just a couple degrees of him, I think. That's, that's what I'm starting to pick up on. But yeah, you, he spread out, man. He sure is. Yeah, Lee. Uh, I'm trying to think. Lee contacted me. My gosh, it's been years. You know, three, four years maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, he could never really get state uh, work at Zany's here for some reason. And I was doing uh, Huntsville, which is like a sister club, same ownership. Right. And so I had Lee come down and MC, and uh, I can't remember who I had featuring at the time. Uh, you know, most of my features are headliners, too. 
um, you know, they, they do their, the only time they feature is with me because we're pals and they're clean and, uh, they start out emceeing on my tour or, you know, when I do theaters, I do probably 30 theaters a year mm. and they're normally two man shows and they'll come and open for me doing half an hour kind of stuff. So yeah, like, um, Aaron Weber, he's, he's, he's worked with you a lot, correct? Yeah, Aaron, I worked with, yeah, Aaron's great. I, uh, worked with him. I, I tell you what happened. Uh, one of my guys could something came up so he couldn't work a show so he recommended Aaron so and it happened Aaron was available and back then Aaron was always available and, uh, <laughs> and Aaron came and did the show and I he was great and I liked I liked the way he, I liked his direction mm-hmm. of uh what he was doing so I invited him to go out some more and more and more and so I mean Aaron's done uh uh Probably the majority of my tour, uh, Aaron's probably got, you know, 55, 60% of them. You know, I still I got a handful of guys I always take with me, and I rotate guys, uh, especially if I'm going to a same venue every year, which happens a lot. I rotate my guys in and out. Um, but so Lee was coming to Huntsville, and, um, you know, I said, hey, I got this guy. He's going to come down. And uh, I'll never forget the owners were like, you know what? If he's not any good, he can just introduce you and make a nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know what? You're right. So let's give him the shot. Yeah. So Lee came down and he was great. And uh, he's learned how to act in the green room and when you're hanging out and stuff like that. You know, it's it, I, I remember those days being the new opener and it's just all bright eyed and you want to ask a million questions uh and every comedian who's been around a veteran we're all happy to answer a million questions it's just the timing of when those questions are asked right and uh you, you know and lee's learned all that and uh you know everything can wait after the show when we're out waffle house that's that's <laughs> that's when you get all the stories you want um you know, right before, as I walk in the room and I'm going to the bathroom, I I, I really don't want to tell you a story about uh, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. So he 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 learned when to do all that because uh, that's another big thing about who who tours with me. I mean, you got to be able to hang out, you know. Right. So uh, and it's not like the old days on tour where it's you know uh, MC middle and a headliner come to clubs and you know back when I first started, I worked 50 weeks a year, so. Uh, yeah, I was everywhere. Um, and I went 50 weeks, I think I went 50, 50, 48, 48. And then I finally started, uh, tapering down, but you know, I used to work everywhere and anywhere back in the day. So Lee's great. And, uh, he's a long way. And, um, you know, he asked me about featuring for me probably a year ago, year and a half ago. And, uh, I told him, I said, you got work. You got to work harder, man. You got to get better. And he didn't. I, I said it because you don't understand what I'm trying to say is, you're on this show now, and I, if I flipped you in the feature right now, you couldn't do it. Mm. He, the, the show has to build. It has a beginning, and there's a, it crescendos up when I say good night, and so it builds all the way up. And I can't have it go way up and then even taper off or even go level. It's got to keep going up. And 
you know, I said, you know, these guys I got featuring for me, I mean, they headline their own shows and they're, uh, they're headliners in their own right. And so that was kind of, I think I, he understood what I was talking about. So uh, when this came up, um, the guy I had featuring at Zany's this week, um, he had, you know, four four months ago or whatever, he had something come up and he said, hey, man, I'll, you know me, I, I'll, I'll do it if you really, really need me. But I got another opportunity and I said, man, I never keep anybody from, you know, moving up, moving on. Go do what you got to do and I'll figure it out. And then when Jim was coming in, we figured out we're going to write, and he was going to cover Friday, Saturday. I needed a feature on Thursday, so I asked Lee if he was available, and there you go. That's how it all works. Awesome. Well, hey, let me let me ask you. This. You're talking about the green room. Of course, it's me being a guy. I'm only two years in, so I'm just I'm just now getting my feet wet. There um, you go. Well, good luck, man. Hey, um, yes, sir. Hey, we're trying to plug the way in the work weekly and daily, but. You know, you, you mentioned the green room. You get, you, do you have some advice on on the new guys in the green room? How to, you know, how to how to act, how to carry, and and uh, just to kind of say be part of the the experience, but not be overwhelming or not look like the you know the fanboy in the crowd. So you, you just <laughs> yeah, you're, be, you're you're better off not saying anything unless you're asked. That kind of thing. Now okay. I'm different. I'm different though. I, I I every if you're on my show, you're welcome in that room. Now there are a lot of headliners that. That's their room, and you're not even – they don't even want you in there. Mm. Um, and that's happened. Uh, I was actually hanging out one time at a green room in L.A., and the headliner came in and told everybody to leave. And I, I just I – kept, I kept sitting there, and I'm like, you're not talking to me, right? He goes, oh, no, not you, man. I'm sorry. He goes, yeah, everybody else has got to go. <laughs> and and Because uh, it's – some people, uh, some headliners, uh, you know, that that's their thing. And and it, it is their uh, prerogative. It, it is their room. Some guys have to prepare differently. Uh, I don't really do that. But uh, so I've always just welcomed. If you're on my show, you're welcome. But uh, if you're on my show, I don't want to see your girlfriend back there. I don't care how pretty she is. I really don't want to see her back there. Um, she can come back after the show. Yeah. But before the show and during the show, I and I don't want to meet your manager or your agent or, you know, and, just don't just don't bring a uh, don't bring an entourage in there because you know I don't have mine in there. And if yeah. I had mine in there, then there's no room for you. And I had a, as courtesy to my the other acts, I don't bring other people because uh, you know that's that's in my opinion. If you're on the show, that's your room too. So that's where you hang out, and um, and you know you can make yourself comfortable, but not too comfortable. How's that? Yeah. Um, my question was this: Is it in the green room? Wouldn't you think it'd be because you're you're impaling all this uh, knowledge on us? Um, isn't that kind of like like if it was a band? Isn't that like where you do your rehearsal and your walkthroughs to get acclimated for your show? Now you know, green room is just a place to hang. I mean, a dressing room. Like if you go to the Opry and everybody's got a dressing room, yeah, and you'll walk by different dressing rooms and like, you know, when Daly and Vincent are there, they'll have you know eight string instruments in there and they're like going through their stuff. Um, so musicians are totally different. You know, for a comedian, it's just a place to hang. I mean, I, you know, I don't know any any comedians once you get to a 
certain point where you're you're not going over your act in your head beforehand. Yeah. So it's not that it's just a place to hang. It's a place I know I can leave my my truck keys and my phone and my backpack, and no one's going to mess with it. It's a place I can be there in my T-shirt before I put on my show shirt, and I don't want to worry about somebody's girlfriend coming in and now i got to be dressed, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so those are the things. And as far as, and it's great to ask questions and it's great to run bits by guys. You know, I had, uh, some, uh, had a guy in the green room recently and he's like, Hey man, I've been having trouble with this bit. And he started to say it. And I said, do you do it in your act? He said, yeah. And I said, well, well, where in your act is it beginning, middle, or end? He goes, it's kind of in the middle. I said, well, let me see it. I'll go out and watch you or I'll listen from here. And then we'll work on it because, you know, we got at, – at that venue, I was doing uh, one, two, and two. So we had five shows, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I said, you have four other shows. I said, but let me see it because you just tell me, yeah, I can do it. No problem. But if I see it, I can help out a lot more. So he did it, and he came off, and I said, yeah. I said, you know what? I said, here's where I would go with it. Boom, boom, boom. He's like, oh, wow, really? I go, yeah. So try that. And he did, and now it's become like this great bit because when he came off after the first show Friday, I happened to be watching at that moment and I just to see what if it worked, and it did. And I said, yeah, okay. I said, now you can say this, blah, 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 blah. So now it went from this great premise – Good premise to a great joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're always willing to help. I'll, <laughs> I'll riff with anybody, and I'll and I'll give taglines and ideas to any comedian because, uh, you know, I still have, as Larry Miller always put it, it's a us against them mentality. Um, you know, if there's three comedians in the green room, it's it's us against everybody else. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, so it, it, and it's a team. So if if you're on my show and you don't do well opening up, well then you've just dug a hole for the, for the next guy. Yeah. So and and he he'll get it out of, he'll get out of the hole because that's why I hired him. Mm-hmm. He's he's capable of doing that. But instead of starting at the 25 yard line, we're starting on the one, and it's going to be really hard for me to take it to the house when he starts at the one because then he can only get it to like the 40. <laughs> and I got to go 60 yards when instead I should be in field goal range before I even hit the stage. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's like an art form in itself, like you said. I mean, and it makes so much sense to build up, you know, to get bigger and bigger as you go with the climb. I mean, it, listening to you, just my brain is overloaded because, you know, just being a spectator and and everything, I'm like, oh, it all makes sense now because that's how it comes together. You're only as uh, strong as your weakest link, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And you want the show to build. I mean, that's you know, and that's something Lee learned as I explained it to him. You know, and using the football analogy again, yeah, you don't want your opener taking it from the 25 to the 50, and all of a sudden you lose five yards. You don't want that happening. So, <laughs> so you got to make, and, and or even just no gain, stay at the 50. It, got to gain momentum as it goes even if it's just a little bit so i'm excited lee's going to finally get to stretch his wings in front of me because uh you know this is the most amount of time he's done in front of me and you know and it all worked you know lee just emailed me through my website uh and 
which is about the only thing I use that for because all my info is on Facebook.com slash Henry Cho Comedy. Everything I do is at Henry Cho Comedy. And um, he he emailed me, hey, new guy, local, and he sent me a couple bits and uh, that he, he had recorded somewhere. Uh-huh. And so I watched them, and you know, and it, the quality didn't matter, the the lighting didn't matter, because I'm a comedian. I was just listening to the jokes. Yeah. And I really liked two of his jokes. The two, the two he sent me, I really liked. I thought, man, that's that's those are good. That's really good. That's clever. That's awesome. So when I was telling him to Brian Dorfman about working Huntsville, I told him, I said, man, you know, he's got two jokes that I really like. So even he just those those two, I think we're fine. <laughs> Introduce you and tell two jokes. <laughs> yeah, and then tell the drink specials and get off stage. So, <laughs> but but it worked out, you know. And and the other thing about when you're starting out, um, you know, uh, and let you, you got to be likable. Um, even even our deepest darkest uh, comedians who who uh, who are just brought this they still brought energy and they were likable even though their subject matter and their bent on life was coming from a really dark place they were still likable so that's the other thing um you know he's like likable on stage he gets up there he yeah he you know he he's a likable guy so yeah. and the guy who's emceeing is coming all the way up from florida i mean i worked with nathan wallace um he did, oh, my goodness, he did a I, – I hired him because I, I heard him do one joke. He was doing a set somewhere, and why was I – I can't even remember why I was there. Or maybe he sent me a tape. But I liked his personality. I liked his energy. And I loved one joke. I hired him to come MC when I did Fort Myers a couple years ago. And then he did a couple theaters with me. Uh, in Florida last year, and then we were talking about doing other shows, and I said, well, you know, you're way down here. I don't know how mobile you are. He goes, man, I'll go anywhere. I said, all right. So he's coming all the way up from Florida. He's going to MC all three nights, and uh, he's actually going to stick around and work the late show on Saturday because I'm only doing the early shows, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, Nathan's got awesome. He's a great he, – he's he's hungry. He goes everywhere. and. He's very – so that, that that's how you start out in this business. You, you go anywhere you want, anywhere you can, anytime you can, mm. and uh, you get on stage, man. Well, and, and let me – and you, you kind of hit with this to make sure – my, my struggle is I don't want to be pushy, you know, with, with gentlemen such as yourself that's, that's you know, top-notch, but – so you recommend this kind of is finding if have web addresses just finding send them bits and saying here you go and if, if I've got anything you can use use it like this advice for for us guys. Wait 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 wait. Are you talking about writing for somebody oh, or? Oh no no no. This like a so your recommendation would be for a new person just kind of find y'all's web app, uh, address and send some clips and just kind of see if a door opens. Yeah, but you got to be careful who you do it to, because some of these guys are just steal your stuff and you never hear from them. <laughs> That'd be okay, awful. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. and and next thing you know, you're flipping channels and they're doing it on Jimmy Fallon, and you're like, uh. And the next time you do it, they go, Hey, I just saw some guy do. You stole that yeah. guy's bit, and you're like, No, that was mine. Well, no one's gonna listen to you. 
So I wouldn't I wouldn't shotgun it. Okay. Uh, let me get but this way. So I'm I'm clean. Okay. So uh, my shows are clean. So it's adult humor. It's just clean comedy. Right. So if you're filthy, those people know never to even try because they're never going to work with my show. So you got to be selective on who you send your tapes to and and uh like that. So uh yeah, you know, I, there's this one girl in North Carolina who sent me something. Man, I love I loved every bit of that 4-minute tape she sent. But I but I have yet to be able to work her in a show. Mm-hmm. Um um, but I mean, she was, I played that for another comedian friend of mine. He goes, Oh wow. That, that she's funny. I go, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's the thing. You got to be careful who you send it to. There's gotta be a reason. So, Hey, uh, so like I said, don't shotgun it because your stuff's going to get out there. And, you know, and you only got to send a couple jokes. I mean, I really don't. Have time to watch five minutes. So, okay. well, that's what you know. I am a clean comedian. Actually, my, my my little handle I finally gave myself was just a church comedian because that was most of the doors that were open. Uh, there you go. But um, yeah, and and I guess so. Just kind of finding those that work clean. You know, if they're somewhere within a distance, and it's like, hey, I, I hear you're going to be in Huntsville. Um, Here's the clip, and then you know, maybe two two years from now, when I'm a little better, I can MC for you. <laughs> so um, okay, yeah, well, don't, don't do that. Don't 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 say two years. Don't because you think they're going to remember you in two years? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah, I, no no one scrolls through emails that far down. Okay. Uh, in your opinion, do you think it's harder to uh, write a clean joke versus just delivering a dirty one? Well, I'll tell you what. So I got interviewed by this young lady uh probably been two years now and she was interviewing me and she said so i read recently that it's 80 percent harder to be a clean comedian and i said what what did you where did you read that and she told me the publication and i said pull that up and so she pulled it up and i said now read it again and she read it and i said now go down just a little further she goes, oh, said by Henry Cho. I go, yeah. I said, I said that probably 25 years ago, and I pulled that number out of the thin air. And yeah. she goes, well, I go, now read further in the article. And she looked down, she goes, oh, and Bob Newhart agrees with Henry Cho that it's 80% harder to be a clean comedian. So I just pulled out that number. So there's your answer. It's 80% harder. Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, hey, Henry, I, I want to kind of ask you here about. I know you do uh, movies as well. Uh, yes, sir. Of course, you said faith is a big, big part of your life, and you, you did one uh, saving faith a couple years ago, and then yep. you have another one coming out. Is is that going to be this Christmas? The the farmer in the bale? Oh no, that's uh, Christmas twenty twenty. Oh, okay, uh, so we're still a year out on that one. Farmer in the bale, saving Santa Land. It's a Hallmark movie, and. Okay. Um, I did that a because my friends were involved. B, I got to work with Corbin Burson. Wow. And and a number one is I got my daughter a role. Thank you. Uh, and she was teenager number one, and she nailed it. She was great. Right on. 
That wraps up another edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Special thanks to guest Kelby Ray of the Cadillac 3, comedian Henry Cho, special guest, co-host, comedian Brandon Skelton. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. I really appreciate it. You keep listening to the podcast, and I'm going to keep making them. If you know anybody you think would be a great guest for the show, please have them hit me up. Email joshbelcher at hotmail.com. You remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Thank you. Have a safe and awesome week, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.